The Hunting and Finding Out of the Romish Fox, Part 1, by William Turner. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. To the most excellent prince, King Henry the Eighth, King of England, France, and of Ireland, supreme governor in earth of these his realms, William Rawton wisheth health and prosperity of both body and soul. Although since the time that I was a child I have been more brought up in learning than in hunting, and have therefore no great skill or experience in hunting, yet the love that I bear unto my natural country compelleth me at this time, most excellent and victorious prince, to be a hunter, to hunt and find out a certain cruel beast, which both hath done and doth yet still much harm in your realm, and killeth both young and old, all that he can come by. This beast hath lost his name in England, but never a deal of his cruel condition. This same beast have ye earnestly gone about, in a word, writing and working, as much as one man is able to do, to drive out of your realm, but the hounds that ye set to do this deed, were and are of the same kind and lineage that the wild beast is of. Therefore they bark at him for a face, but they bite not. They make a pretense as if they would worry him, and yet, when he is in jeopardy of being taken, they help to cover him with the skin of tame beasts, that the proverb may have place, one dog will not eat of another dog's flesh, neither will one wolf eat of another. These hounds love this beast so well, that if they can catch any other hound pursuing him which is of another kind than they be of, that is to wit, if he have not a pair of prick ears standing up, one before and another behind, they will never rest till they see the heart's blood of the other hound. They tender this beast so entirely, and would so fain have him unknown, for fear that your highness should kill him if he were known, that they bear all men in hand, that there is no such beast in all your realm, and punish them with many kinds of death that dare say that there is any such beast in England. But if ye will, of your own kingly liberality, grant me license to call all the Pope hath made, ordained and decreed, the Pope's traditions, ordinances, and decrees, I shall so hunt out this beast and discover him, that all your whole realm may spy him and see him and know him, what he is, what is his name, and where he lurketh. This once brought to pass, it shall be more easy for your highness to accomplish, and bring to pass your godly purpose, which is, and ever hath been, since ye knew his conditions, to drive this beast out of all places of your dominion. I desire also your kingly highness, that ye will not suffer this my doing to be condemned of the bishops, till your own learned discretion has tried it, and examined it with the word of God, and with the light of your reason and learning, and then, if my hunting be found contrary to the word of God, as soon as ye find it, so let my hunting be forbidden, and not before, I beseech you, for the love of the King of Heaven, which save and keep you from all your enemies, both bodily and ghostly. Amen. From Basil, the first day of May, Anno Domini 1543. The common sort of foxes, knowing that they cannot choose but be pursued for their murder that they daily do, and intend to commit, have holes either in the ground or in great rocks, where, as they think, they may be in safeguard, and whereto they may flee for succour, when they that have the harm done unto them and theirs do pursue after them. 
but this for that i follow after and hunt at this time as he is another kind of foxes than the common sort be that is to wit a romish fox and a man-killer for fear that he should be digged out of the ground if he hid himself in the common foxholes now when certain scholars of cambridge and of oxford even straightway after that he had killed certain of their fellows followed him to have catched him and he ran with all the speed that he might into the church and when the scholars would have followed him into the church the bishops and priests beat them out again and so came the scholars back again with bloody pates and durst no more seek the fox in the church for the bishops and the clergy set up straight away on the church door a letter wherein it was contained that from thenceforth no man should seek the fox any more there and that no man should call that romish fox a fox but the king's beast and yet the bishops had the advantage of the beast as a certain scholar had of a fox in cambridge the scholar had a tame fox in his chamber where as he made him a hole behind a hollow bench the fox went out in the night and brought to the scholar's chamber hens ducks and capons wherewith he and his fellows made oft-times good cheer and so do the bishops and priests make merry with what this fox bringeth in to the church but inasmuch as the king is above all the bishops and i have asked him leave to hunt the fox wheresoever i think i can find him i will with the king's leave hunt this fox in the church for i gather by certain conjectures that he is there for as it is a good conjecture if a man be in a wood and see a great hole in the ground to think that there haunteth or hath haunted a fox and if there be by this hole many pieces of lamb skins many lambs bones and wings of geese and chickens feathers that at that present time there is a fox haunting that hole so i think that if i conjecture that there is a romish fox in the church i shall not conjecture amiss for i saw when i was in england in a certain church a great hole in the high altar which i could not tell for what purpose the gentlemen of the church have ordained it except it be to hide their father the fox in when he is pursued after and by this hole i saw a great sort of lamb's bones about the altar i saw certain priests that were almost laden with lambs skins and with tails and pieces of other beasts skins also i saw also much gold and silver about the foxhole which thing made me marvel the less when i heard afterward that the priests so manfully maintained the fox therefore i think verily that the fox is in that hole and i doubt not but that i shall either find him in the bishop's mitres or else in this hole or perchance in both after that i have found out this ravening and man-killing fox i trust most victorious prince that ye will follow king solomon in punishing him king solomon took joab a murderer the captain of his father's wars from the altar and put him to death and suffered not the sanctuary to save him so i trust that if this fox be found even on the high altar under the chalice inasmuch as he is a murderer that ye will not suffer him to have any sanctuary or place of refuge and succour there but now let us begin this aforesaid hunting now is not this fox of rome otherwise called papa among you if he say that there is none such among you where is the fox the pope which had wont to be among you ye cannot deny but that he was once among you tell me where is he now if ye say that he was driven out of england i will not believe you for i saw blood lately of his shedding in london streets i saw many pieces of skins about the high altar and in the choir there daily both men and women complaining that by this beast's means their children and friends are put to death wherefore i reckon for all your saying that he is not driven out of the realm but that ye have deceived the king who commanded you to drive him out of the realm 
and that he have changed and scraped out his name, and so kept him still. If ye think that this be not true, tell me, what was that fox's name in England that ye banished? Was it the Pope? Ye cannot deny, but that he, that ye should have banished, was called the Pope. If I find not that same Pope still among you, that the King commanded you to banish out of England, I shall give you leave to call me the falsest man that ever spake with tongue. First, to begin with all, what was the Pope that the King commanded you to drive out of England? Whether was it the Pope's person, or the Pope's purse, that had wont to receive our money in England, or was it the Pope's doctrine, which, besides all other devilish decrees, holdeth the falsely usurped power over all kings and kingdoms? If ye say that the Pope which the King commanded you to drive out of England was the Pope's person, his flesh, blood, bones, with your mitres off, my lords, ye lie. For what needed the king to set men to drive that man's person out of his realm that never came into it? If ye say that the pope that the king commanded you to drive out of England was the pope's purse alone, I think that ye have so banished the pope as certain under-sheriffs and bailiffs take thieves and cast them into prison, who if they catch a silly poor thief that hath but stolen an old nag not worth nineteen pence, cast him into prison, and load him with irons, and make him be hanged. But if they take a lusty thief, and likely to bring them more prey with a budget or two, and with a good purse, they take his purse away from him and his budgets, and send him forth to steal again, and do him no more harm, but that they take his purse from him. And if any man say to them, Where is the tall fellow that he took yesterday? They answer, We took him but of suspicion. He is such a lord's servant, and therefore we durst hold him no longer. Have ye not after this manner driven away the Pope? Tell me, I pray you, if ye say that the Pope's purse was the Pope that the king commanded you to drive out of England, or his name alone, ye slander the king, and make him be evil spoken of in all other realms. And if ye say these words, the Pope that the king commanded us to preach against, and to drive out of England, is nothing else but his name alone, and his bottomless begging bags, all they that have read the king's acts will say that ye be false liars. Then the Pope that the king commanded you to drive out of England was not the Pope's person, which never came into England, neither his name alone, neither his purse alone, and the king commanded the Pope to be driven out of England. Whether was it the Pope's doctrine and learning or no that the king commanded you to drive out of England? If it be not his learning, what other thing can it be? If ye say that it was not the Pope's learning and ordinances, ye run in danger of treason, for in saying so ye say that the king would not have the Pope's falsely usurped power banished out of the realm, which among all other devilish doctrine and ordinances of the Pope is one pestilent popish ordinance. Ye be verily loath to grant that the Pope's doctrines and traditions was the Pope that the King commanded you to drive out of England. Howbeit, ye must either grant that, or else say that the King commanded not at all the Pope to be driven out of England. For what other thing is there left to be the Pope that the King commanded you to drive out of England, saving his doctrine? Seeing it was not his person, neither his name alone, neither his purse alone, then must needs the Pope that the King commanded you to drive out of England be the Pope's doctrine and traditions. Ye need not to be ashamed to call the Pope's doctrine the Pope, for it is a received manner of speaking in these days among scholars, and hath been received of long time both of heathen and holy writers to call a man's doctrine or book by the name of him that made it. If ye ask a scholar of Cambridge what is read in the philosophy schools, he will answer Aristotle. 
If you ask what is read in the humanity schools, he will answer and say Terence, meaning by Aristotle and Terence, the doctrine and books which Aristotle and Terence made. The profane writers have a proverb, he hath not torn Aesop, whereby they mean not Aesop's body, but his doctrine and his fables which he made. Abraham, in the sixteenth of Luke, saith unto the rich glutton concerning his brethren, they have Moses and the prophets, and in the ninth of the Acts, Luke saith, that the eunuch read Isaiah the prophet, in which places Moses and prophets signify the doctrine that Moses and the prophets taught. So then, as Terence's book is lawfully called Terence, as Aristotle's doctrine is called Aristotle, and Moses's doctrine is called Moses, and the prophet's doctrine is lawfully called the prophets, so are the Pope's traditions and doctrine lawfully called the Pope, even that Pope that the king commanded you to drive out of his realm." Then have we gotten of you at length that the Pope, which the king commanded you to drive out of his realm, is the Pope's traditions and doctrine. This once granted, I reason thus, whosoever holdeth still and maintaineth the Pope's doctrine and traditions, holdeth still and maintaineth the Pope. But ye bishops hold still and maintain the Pope's traditions and doctrine, therefore ye hold still and maintain the Pope. If ye deny that ye hold still the Pope's doctrine and traditions, I will prove it after this manner hereafter following. 1. He holds still the creeping, hoisting up of the cross, the worshipping of the image of Christ called the crucifix. And the worshipping of images is Pope Gregory's doctrine, as Fascicolus Temporum saith in these words, There was a council in Rome the first year of Gregory the third, wherein the worshipping of saints' images was allowed, and the gainsayers were excommunicated and cast out of the church. 2. Ye hold still the conjuring of water and salt to drive devils away, to heal all sicknesses, and to be healed of both body and soul to all them that receive them. And this ordained Alexander the first of that name. 3. Ye hold still the hallowing of churches and of vestments, and that a priest may not say mass but in a hallowed place without a superaltar. And this ordained Felix the fourth pope of that name. 4. Ye hold still that a priest may receive the sacrament of Christ's body and blood for a layman, and that the layman's sins may be taken away by the priest's receiving for him, and that the priest's receiving may help the souls departed, and purchase for them forgiveness also of sins. And that ordained Pelagius. 5. He holds still the receiving of the sacrament for kin that have the long sort for horses, that have the farsi for sick calves, for scabbed sheep, for measled swine, and for mad dogs. For ye hold it in your missal, unput out and unpreached against, a mass for death of beasts and cattle. Then, if the mass be the receiving of Christ's body and blood, then for dogs that are sick, for sick calves and rotten sheep, ye hold still the receiving of Christ's body and blood, that these beasts should not die. If to receive the sacrament in the remembrance of scabbed sheep or measled swine that Christ ordained to be received in remembrance of his holy passion, be not Antichrist's doctrine, and therefore the Pope's, say ye whose doctrine it is, and who put it into your missal, and why have ye not scraped that out, as well as the Pope's name? 6. Ye hold still that the Mass or the receiving of the sacrament is profitable for certain diseases, as the gout in the toe. For it is still in the missal unput out and unpreached against, a Mass of Raphael the Archangel for all diseases and sicknesses. Then, seeing that this is not put out of your books, ye hold it still for the diseases above rehearsed. If this be not misusing of the sacrament and the doctrine of the Pope, say ye, whose doctrine is this? 
for it is none of Christ's, neither his apostles. 7. Ye hold still that by the mass or receiving of the sacrament, that ye can deliver damned souls out of hell, and raise men from death to life. If ye think that I lie, read what is written in Gregory's Trentale in your mass book, which ye say is better correct, and hath fewer faults than the Bible, in these words, Deliver thy servant's soul from the hands of the devils. The souls of righteous men are in the hands of God. And so ye go about to sing out of the devil's hands damned souls, for none after this life are in the devil's hands but damned souls. It is also written in your dirge mass that he maintains so earnestly with fire and faggot, and it is sung in every dirge mass after the gospel, Lord Jesus Christ, make the souls to pass over from death to life. These are the words of the mass. Now must life and death betoken either salvation and damnation, or else death must signify the temporal death of the body, and life the life of the body. If that death and life be taken as they stand, without a figure, then ye mean that ye can raise men from death to life, O cunning conjurers. If ye understand the words figuratively, then ye mean that by the mass ye can deliver souls from their death, which is damnation, to life, that is, to their salvation. This sing ye in every dirge mass, and either ye believe this that ye sing, or ye believe it not. If ye believe it not, ye do evil to make men to be slain for speaking against what ye believe not yourselves. If ye believe it, when ye make me an answer, tell me whether it is the death of the body or of the soul that ye desire God to deliver the souls from, and how many souls have ye delivered from the hands of the devil, and how many have ye raised from death to life. If this doctrine be not Gregory the Pope's doctrine, say ye, whose is it? 8. Ye hold still that the mixture and mingling together of both the parts of the sacrament may deserve forgiveness of sins and purchase health of body and soul. For ye say in your Mass daily these words, This holy mingling together of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ be unto me and to all them that receive it health of body and soul to deserve everlasting life. If this were not impossible, then needed no priest nor bishop to go to the devil, though they were never so great murderers and adulterers. For anon after that they had done the mischief, they might straightway mix together both the parts of the sacrament, and deserve thereby forgiveness of yesternight's adultery, and of this day's murder. But for all their mixing and mingling, if they break the commandment of God, they must as well go to the devil as others." for god regardeth not one man more than another as the pope doth who saith that all men that eat of the aforesaid mixture shall deserve forgiveness of sins and yet like a partial fellow suffereth this mixture which is of both the kinds of the sacrament only to be given unto priests for he will let laymen have but the one half of it he careth belike not very much for laymen that will not suffer them to come by this means unto health of body and soul and to forgiveness of sins this is the doctrine of Antichrist, and if the Pope be Antichrist, it is the Pope's doctrine. 9. He hold still the collates of the Mass which Pope Galasius made. 10. He hold still the matins and hours and evensong of the Virgin Mary, and that the psalms, which were made only in the honour of the Creator, should be sung and said in the honour of a creature, that is, the Virgin Mary, and this ordained Pope Urban II. 11. He holds still that from Septuagisma to Easter, that a man may not praise God in Hebrew, but in Latin in the church. For ye forbid that Hallelujah should be sung that time, but Laus Tibi Domine, and this ordered Pope Alexander the Second. Twelve. 
He holds still the secrets of the Mass, which are open treason against God, and this ordained Pope Gregory. 13. Ye hold still the canon of the Mass, which ordained Pope Gregory. 14. Ye mix water and wine together still, and that ordained Pope Alexander. 15. Ye hold still this custom in St. Paul's, that laymen may not come into the choir at Mass time, for fear, belike, that when the priests say, Take ye and eat ye, they should take that which is offered them, and this ordained Pope Leo the Fourth of that name. Now, seeing that there are so many ordinances and traditions of the Pope in the Mass, I report me unto you that be indifferent men whether I have just occasion to seek the fox in the altar or no. 16. Ye hold still the Mass in Latin, and sing all the service, and christen and absolve in the old Pope's mother tongue, and that ordained Ioannis Portuensis. 17. Ye take the one half of the sacrament from all them that are no priests, and that ordain the Pope and his guard at Constance. 18. Ye hold still the hallowing of the font, which is all full of abominable blasphemies, contrary to the word of God, and that ordained Antichrist. 19. The text here is blank. 20. Ye hold still the embering days which Urbanus made, as some writers hold, and others write that it was Pope Calixtus. 21. Ye hold still Lent, and that made Telesphorus and Montanus the heretic, who first taught that marriage should be undone. 22. Ye hold still the fasting of the Saturday, and that made Innocentius the first pope of that name. 23. Ye hold still that a priest cannot make an unlawful vow, and that no other man can make an unadvised vow after twenty-one years of age, and that no vow made after twenty-one may be broken, save the vow of obedience and of willful poverty. This made ye, and ye and the Pope are all one. 24. Ye hold still certain places that the devil may be worshipped therein, and condemn marriage of priests with death. This also is the Pope's work. 25. Ye forbid still all laymen to marry the whole half of the whole year, save two weeks, and hold all the ministers of the church from marriage all their lifetime. For ye will suffer no man to be a subdeacon or a deacon or a priest, except he forswear marriage first. And so ye compel all men to be votaries, inasmuch as there must needs be ministers, and ye receive none except ye make them forswear marriage. This was ordained by Gregory the Seventh and by the council holden at Mentz in Germany. 26. Ye hold still that it is a great offence for a priest or a votary to marry, that if he should be guilty of incontinence, here there is a gap in the text, for that offence which ye think the greater, ye punish with a greater punishment. To make the matter more clear, I will put you an example. There is in Suffolk a gentleman that hath two warrens, one of conies and another of hares, and it is made felony as well to steal hares as conies. There is a young man which cometh unto the owner of both the warrens, and saith unto him, I know that it is felony to steal a cony in the night. I pray you that if I be taken in stealing of a cony, that ye will not take me as a felon, but be content with the third part of all my goods for the harm that I have done. The second time that I am taken, let another part of my goods satisfy for the fault. If I be the third time taken, take all the rest of my goods for amends, and put me in perpetual prison. This young man knoweth that if he be taken in stealing a hare in the night out of this gentleman's warren, that he shall be hanged. And yet he desireth no forgiveness if he be taken in stealing a hare. 
Now let indifferent men judge whether this man intendeth more to steal hares or conies. It is very likely that he intendeth to steal conies and not hares. For if he had as much intended to steal hares as conies, he would as well have asked a release for the punishment due to stealing hares as he asked a relief for the punishment of stealing conies. Here there is a gap in the text. To be short, ye have brought the matter so to pass that it is death at the first for a man to say that a priest may marry, and no death for a priest to be incontinent. If this be not the Pope's doctrine, say ye whose it is. I know that it is none of Christ's, neither his apostles. 27. Ye hold still that there are more saviours and bringers to heaven than Christ alone. For besides our own works, ye say that the merits of the Virgin Mary, and of Saint Petronella, and of all saints, may save us and bring us to heaven. On Saint Mary's day ye sing, The merits of Saint Mary bring us to the everlasting kingdom. And on Saint Petronilla's day ye say in your mass, Grant us by the merits or deservings of Saint Petronilla the help of this present life and the felicity or happiness of the life for to come. Ye sing on All Hallows' Day, We pray God that we may win or deserve the joys of light by the deserving of all saints. This doctrine is of Antichrist's making, for it is contrary to the doctrine of Christ, which saith, I am the door, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Then, if it be true that the Pope is Antichrist, this is the Pope's doctrine. 28. He holds still masses in the remembrance of saints, and that made Gregory and Felix. He holds still vestments and copes, incense and altars, organs and descant in the church, which Pope Stephen, Pope Leo, and Pope Vitellianus made. He hold infinite other ordinances more of the Pope's making, which it were long here to rehearse. But if ye say that the Popes have not made these ceremonies and constitutions, I will prove you liars by the authority of all these writers whose names follow hereafter. Albertus Magnus, Blondus, Beda, Baptista Plantina, Marcus Antonius Sabellicus, Raphael Folateranus, and Polydorus Virgilius. All these say that popes have ordained these ordinances and ceremonies. Now I think he cannot deny but that he hold ordinances, constitutions, and ceremonies which the pope hath taught and made. 29. Ye hold still the canon law, which is called in Latin jus pontificum that is to say, the Pope's law. He holds still the Clementines, the Pope's decrees, and his decretal epistles, and by this canon law, by these Popish decretals and decrees, all matters, even unto this hour, are determined and judged in your spiritual courts. By these laws men are judged to be heretics and votaries, which are none by the word of God. That these decrees and laws are of the Pope's making, let the most unshamed face of you deny it, if ye dare, and let the best learned of you prove the contrary, if he can. Then will I go forward with my argument. They that hold still the Pope's doctrine, hold still the Pope. Ye hold still the Pope's doctrine, whilst ye hold still his ordinances and his law. Therefore ye hold still the Pope, even that Pope that the King commanded you to preach against, and to drive out of England. Now I report me unto you, that are lords of the temporality, and to you burgesses of the parliament, whether I have found out the fox in the church or no. If he be found out, it is your duty, and all their duties that love God and the king, to follow after him, to catch him, and to drive him out of this realm. But lest ye should go by him, and know him not from a tame beast, he is covered with these two tame beasts' skins, sometimes with the law of the church, 
and otherwise with the king's ceremonies, for so are called the Pope's canon law and the ceremonies which the Pope hath made. I beseech you, noblemen, that have been brought up in hunting, and are now of the fox's favourers, help at this time to catch this fox, and I shall once let you have a sight of him, and shall let you see how that they that wear the same mark in their crowns that he weareth do defend him, and hold him still in the church. What say ye, gentlemen of the clergy, to this aforesaid argument? Whosoever holdeth still the Pope's doctrine, holdeth still the Pope. But ye hold still the Pope's doctrine, whilst ye hold still the Pope's canon law, the Pope's decretals and decrees, and the ordinances above rehearsed that the Pope made. Therefore ye hold still the Pope. What answer ye to this? Whosoever holdeth still the Pope's doctrine, holdeth still the Pope. If ye grant this, what say ye to this? But ye hold still the Pope's doctrine, whilst ye hold still his canon law and his ordinances. If ye answer and say, We hold not still the Pope's canon law, for we say that the law that ye call the Pope's canon law is the law of the Church, and so we take it and use it. If ye say, then, that the canon law is the law of the Church, so did Dr. Glynn call it in Cambridge, every man may well see how that ye cover the fox with a tame beast's skin. Then, when ye say that the canon law is the law of the Church, answer of what Church is the canon law the law of? Is it the law of the Church of England? If ye say that it is the law of the Church of England, then this followeth of your saying. The Pope's Church of Rome is governed with the ordinances above rehearsed, and the canon law is the law of the Pope's Church even at this hour. Then, if the canon law be the law of the Church of England, the Pope's Church and the English Church are all one concerning their ceremonies and law. And then, in what thing do they differ? Then, if the Church of Rome be a popish church, because it is ruled by the Pope's canon law, and by his ordinances, then must the Church of England also be a popish church, when, as it is governed by the selfsame law and ordinances, which make the Church of Rome a popish church. But the Pope is the head of every popish church, and by your saying, the Church of England is a popish church, therefore the Pope, by your saying, is the head of the Church of England." Now, seeing that these inconveniencies follow of saying that the canon law is the law of the Church of England, say no more that the canon law is the law of the Church of England, but of the Church of Rome. For the law of Christ's Church, of which England is one part, is the New Testament and the Old, that is to wit, the doctrine of the prophets, the apostles, and Christ taught, and not the canon law with the decrees and decretals and the ordinances which popes of Rome have made. But if Dr. Glynn commissary of cambridge with his other canonistical canaanites will for all the inconveniencies above rehearsed hold still stiffly that the canon law with the decrees and decretals are the law of the church of england let them answer to a question or two that i will propound whether was the church before the law of the church or the law of the church before the church if ye say that the church was before the law of the church was then was there a time when the church was lawless but that is an inconvenience therefore ye cannot say so ye must therefore so say that either the law of the church was made before the church or at the first time that the church was it followeth then that when and wheresoever the most perfect church was that there was the most perfect law of the church but in christ's time and in the apostles time and in the times of the holy martyrs was the most perfect church Therefore, then, was the most perfect law of the church. Then the law of Christ's church was in the apostles' time already made, and so perfect that no man could make anything more perfect. 
but the canon law was not yet made in the apostles time therefore the canon law was not the law of christ's church in the time of the apostles the word of god which is the law of the church lasteth for ever and is not changed so that the church of christ at all times hath no other law but christ's word ye say that the canon law is the law of the church of england therefore ye say that the church of england is none of christ's church inasmuch as ye say that the law of the church of england is another law than was the law of the church of christ in the apostles time which was the true christian church but if ye master commissaries will needs call still the canon law the law of the church what mean ye by the church whether mean ye the congregation of all them that are chosen to be saved or not if ye mean so ye lie for many that are in heaven never knew the canon law if ye mean by the church the prophets the apostles and the evangelists ye lie for the canon law was never of their making if ye mean by the church the pope and them that are sworn unto him it is true that the canon law is the law of the church will ye now commissaries that the law of the church that is of the pope and his shavelings shall be holden still in england if ye will so then i need to reason no more to prove that he holds still the pope in england if the church signify another sort of men that i have made mention of tell me in your answer to these my questions and tell me who made the canon law if the popes of rome have not made it then this solution will not serve that the canon law is the law of the church seeing that it cannot be the law of any church but of a popish church for it is of the pope's making but if it were granted that the canon law were the law of the church yet he cannot deny that the traditions ordinances and ceremonies before rehearsed are of the pope's making then this argument standeth unsolved whosoever holdeth still the pope's doctrine holdeth still the pope if ye answer we take them not as the pope's ceremonies and ordinances although we know that the pope hath taught them and made them but as the king's ceremonies and ordinances for the king commanded in a certain proclamation that no man should from the time of that proclamation be so hardy as to call the ceremonies and ordinances that were in the church of england at that time the pope's ordinances and ceremonies but the king's ceremonies and ordinances although it were out of all doubt that the pope had made them and taught them but now ye gentlemen of the clergy what was the cause of this proclamation answer me if it please you to a question or two if francis the king of france should make a proclamation that all the noble acts and deeds of king alexander the conqueror and all the acts of sardanapalus should be no more called and taken for alexander's and sardanapalus's acts and deeds but for his deeds should all the acts and deeds of alexander and sardanapalus be therefore the king of france's deeds and acts i think no for if by proclamation men might make other men's deeds and acts their own acts then might sardanapalus have robbed alexander of his noble acts and made them his and so a very coward might have as many noble acts as the best warrior in all the world if the king of portugal should command in a proclamation that aristotle's and plato's works should no more be called aristotle's works and plato's but his works should aristotle and plato's works by these means become his works i think nay for if the king of portugal might take aristotle's works from aristotle then might mavius become maro and the most unlearned man in a country might have as noble works as the best learned man in the world if the king of denmark should set out a proclamation that all the ceremonies of moses's law as offering up calves and frankincense should no more be called and taken for moses's ceremonies but for his 
Should not Moses's ceremonies continue Moses's ceremonies still for all the proclamation? I think so. Then is there no proclamation that can dispossess the Pope of his ceremonies and constitutions? But the ceremonies and ordinances which were his twelve years ago shall be his ceremonies and ordinances still, though a thousand proclamations should command the contrary. Ye must find out another hole to hide your father the fox in, for here he can lurk no longer. Nevertheless, like faithful foxy children, ye have done the best that lay in you to cover him. For about seven years ago, when men preached earnestly against the Pope, and he, with all his ordinances, was like to be driven out of England, a certain man to set him forward gathered together out of Platina and such other writers what popes had made all the ceremonies that are now in the church, and to every ceremony he assigned one pope or other, which thing made the ceremonies begin to be less regarded than they were before. Then ye, fearing that they should be driven out of the realm with their father, if they were taken for the pope's ordinances, by your friends ye procured and brought to pass that the ceremonies which the pope made should no more be called the pope's ceremonies but the king's ceremonies. And this was set up and proclaimed in every market town." in doing of which thing as much as lay in you ye made the king pope for if the pope's acts and the king's be all one then is the king the pope or else partner with the pope whether ye say maketh the name of the pope the pope or the pope's acts and deeds if ye say that the name of the pope maketh a pope then have ye many popes in england for there are many that are called popes in england which nevertheless hate the pope more than ye do the name of the pope maketh not then the pope but the acts and deeds of the Pope. As not every man that is accused of theft and called a thief is a thief, but he alone is a thief that doth the acts and deeds of a thief, so it is not the name of the Pope that maketh the Pope, but the Pope's acts and deeds. Then it followeth well, likewise, as he that layeth and assigneth to a true man the deeds and acts of a thief, maketh a true man as much as lieth in him a thief." so ye giving and laying to the king the acts and deeds of the pope as much as lay in you made the king the pope call ye therefore no more the pope's canon law the law of the church of england call no more from henceforward the pope's ordinances the king's ordinances for fear of what followeth it is plain then that ye hold still the pope's canon law and though ye have banished his name for a face that ye hold still his books and his ceremonies then answer me to a question are there not many things in john frith's books that are both good and godly and agreeing with the word of god and then tell me why have ye condemned all his books for heresy and the readers of them and havers of them for heretics for not more than two or three heresies even after your judgment seeing there are so many other godly things that are no heresy if ye say though there be many good things in his books what need Christian men to seek good things out of a heretic's books, seeing there are books now besides, and therefore we burn the heretic's books with the heretics, lest the heresy that the heretics taught should spread by the means of the books. For as the voice of a heretic heard maketh heretics, so the books of a heretic read maketh heretics, and therefore we burn the one with the other. Answer me to this, the Pope is both a heretic and a traitor, as there is no one of you all that will deny. Then how happeneth it, that when ye banished this heretic, that ye burn not his books as well as other heretics' books? I know no other cause, but that ye favoured them for your father's sake. 
well then as the books of a zwinglian heretic had and read make a zwinglian heretic so the books of a popish heretic had and read make a popish heretic but all ye bishops of england that are canonists and all ye bishops commissaries have and read the books of a popish heretic that is to wit the canon law that the heretic pope made therefore my lords ye and your commissaries are all heretics as ye judge other men so shall ye be judged moreover as heretics books are the seed that heretics come of so popish books are the seed that papists come of then he that will not burn heretics books but will maintain them wills that there shall be many heretics even so they that will not burn the pope's books but will maintain them wills that there shall be many papists ye do so therefore ye would that there should be many papists as it is the most proper and peculiar work of a perfect beast to engender another like in kind unto himself what do ye gentlemen of the clergy ye have not yet solved this argument ye hold still the pope's doctrine therefore ye hold still the pope even him that the king would have driven out of england if ye answer the pope's doctrine that is contrary to the word of god is the pope that the king would have driven out of england but the ordinances above rehearsed are not contrary to the word of god therefore we hold not still the pope that the king would have driven out of england to this answer i say that the king's highness going about to deliver his subjects from the bondage of the pope and intending to drive out of his realm abbots priors nuns monks and friars who occupied the most part of his realm and proposed to set right christian men in their places as poor men's sons to be afterward preachers of the word of god blind lame and other poor christian folk intended such a thing as almighty god did when he delivered the children of israel from the bondage of pharaoh and drove the canaanites out of their land that the true israelites might have that land and succeed them but almighty god gave this commandment unto moses the guide and deliverer of the israelites out of egypt and all the children of israel thus after the custom of the land of egypt where as ye have dwelt shall ye not do and after the manner of the land of canaan unto which i shall bring you shall ye not do and in their most lawful ways shall ye not walk ye shall do my judgments and my commandments shall ye keep i am the lord your god do not those things that they have done which were before you seek in the eighteenth of leviticus and these words shall ye find so learned men whom the king appointed to deliver his subjects from the bondage of the romish pharaoh the pope ought to have swept the church and driven quite out of it all that ever any pope had made and if that christ's church could not have been ruled and ordered christianly enough by the doctrine of christ wherewith the primitive church was only governed then might you now have gone a-begging to your father the pope otherwise called antichrist desiring him to let you have some of his ceremonies to govern christ's church withal which without them were not able to stand the law of the gospel is a more perfect law for the christian than the law of moses was for the jews but the jews needed no other law nor ceremonies than the law of moses then the christian men need no other law as touching their souls but the law of the gospel therefore if the canon law and the ceremonies above rehearsed were all at the devil from whence they came the church of christ might be a great deal better governed than it is now governed or else was the church in the apostles times but evilly governed which knew not one of these ceremonies that ye have in the church at this day end of the hunting and finding out of the romish fox part one by william turner